Welcome to the Velo News Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Paulison, here with Kaylee Fretz. Kaylee, Cross is coming. No, no, Cross is here, actually. Cross is officially Cross is here. here. Yes, Cross is here. Uh, and in honor of Cross being here, we sat down with none other than Jeremy Powers, uh, a longtime staple of the U.S. cross scene. That's right, multi-time national champion and uh, a writer for Rafa. And, of course, we have a Rafa store here in Boulder, so it was quite convenient. You were able to catch up with him. He was in town for a training camp, which is actually something he frequently does here in Boulder, Colorado. Jeremy Powers not quite looking like himself in the 2016 season. He lost the national championship title to Stephen Hyde, his protege. Yep. Um, and quick sidebar there, I wrote a story on Stephen Hyde for the October issue of Velo News Magazine. So go pick that up. Pretty good story, I must say. Excellent. Ten not to brag. Not to brag, <laughs> but it's a good story. If I was your teacher, I'd give you an A+. Please. Thank you. Um, interesting story. But we're not here to talk about Stephen right now. We're here to talk about Jeremy. So, Kaylee, it wasn't necessarily an interview just about cyclocross or, or the upcoming season, right? No. I, you know, with, with, with a lot of these interviews, and you guys will, listeners will sort of find this as we continue with our interview series, I wanted to talk a little bit less about just the bike racing and more about what Jeremy Powers is, uh, you know, as a father. Uh, first and foremost, he's he, new father. actually where we started, brand new father. We dug into his relationship with Stephen Hyde, which I think is, is very interesting. As you said, Stephen was kind of his protege, and the protege has now surpassed the master, which is always an interesting dynamic to me. But yeah, we, we chatted about a whole bunch of things. We did not necessarily go into the nitty-gritty of the coming cross season, but I think you'll come away from this interview knowing a bit more about who Jeremy Powers is as a person. That's great. And uh, you did that interview right before this double World Cup weekend that we had here in the U.S. The first two World Cups of the season started off in Iowa City, and then it went to Madison, where the Trek CX Cup happened. And in between those two, Jeremy was one of the very few top pros to go to Cross Vegas. And we were there uh, because we were there for Interbike. We checked it out. I did the e-bike race, stabbed myself in the back with a saddle. <laughs> it was fun. And... For me, this is classic Jeremy Powers. Indeed, he was there at Cross Vegas in part due to sponsor obligations. But Jeremy's really, he's an ambassador for the sport. He knows he's an important sort of face of cyclocross. And it was cool to see him out at Cross Vegas. He didn't have a great race. He didn't have a great race at the World Cups either. So, you know, hopefully we'll see him come around as the season really gets into the heart of autumn We'll have him. We'll, we'll see him racing at the KMC Cross Fest this coming weekend, September twenty eighth through October first. That's the first of the four race uh, show air U.S. Cup cyclocross series. So yes. exciting to see how that plays out because it's the first time we've had a real legit cross series since uh, the since the Grand Prix of cyclocross, which went away quite a while ago. Yeah, and there's also a story about the new U.S. Cup in the latest issue of Velo News. You can pick that one up if you want more information on what is hopefully, maybe, possibly a rebirth of the USGP. Let's jump into this interview with Jeremy Powers. I'm here with Jeremy Powers. How are you, Jeremy? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Sunny Boulder, Colorado at the Rafa 
clubhouse really nice day and uh always always good to be in boulder we picked this spot because of the ambiance really it's very it's a nice spot to sit down and, and have a, a quick snack and one of your sponsors so it kind of made sense yeah totally and i love i love hanging here we're doing a ride out of here in a couple of hours so you know you did cut my nap a little short today <laughs> i apologize i apologize for that that's okay uh, for our listeners who are not uh, aware of who Jeremy Powers is, and I can't imagine where you've been for the last about 15 years. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy is a four-time U.S. national champion. I'm going I'm to read down the giant list of Wikipedia things here. 90-plus uh, UCI victories, uh, 2015 Pan Am champ, number one UCI-ranked U.S. rider from 2016, all the way back to 2009, uh, U.S. Cycling Pro CX champion 2013, three consecutive U.S. Grand Prix of Cyclocross champion 2012-2010, 10 plus year road racing career with Jelly Belly and a new father. Yeah, that is really nice. Thank you. That was that was flattering. I'm sweating at uh, blushing in fact. The the fatherhood is actually where I wanted to start. We were chatting a little bit before we hit record uh, about wife and kid and 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 real life. Um, I'm interested as a professional athlete how having a baby boy has has changed your life. Mm definitely changed a lot um i would say even before we had him uh i was very nervous uh there's a lot of things that you think about i mean i don't really have a lot of friends that have children um my sister has two kids my my niece and nephew they're awesome i like hanging with them but i also liked going home (laughs) when i was hanging (laughs) like all right cool they're great and i'm great and we're leaving now um but i you know and when when your friends have kids it's not as i don't know inclusive you see them often but you don't know like what it's like to get up at three in the morning four in the morning five in the morning six in the morning um so i was very nervous about our our the way that we lived our life and the stuff that we were doing um and yeah that last year i I was i was thinking about that often especially during the cross season i had had an injury um and then that had changed so a lot of change was in my world um but as soon as the day came where he was born um i think that that you know that changed for sure my life i mean that's there's i think if anyone says that it doesn't change their life when they have a kid i'd say that that is weird to me um because it absolutely changed mine i think that you realize that life is very special and it's really crazy that you know (laughs) i don't know if this is going to make the podcast but we did a thing and then we now have a thing and that is to me the wildest experience ever um so it's i think for all things it has made me realize that uh he is a big part of of our happiness now moving forward and he's so special he's got incredible energy he's smiling um we're very yeah, I'll use the word blessed, happy, all of the above. Like, yes, it's sick. It's so cool. So it's changed me in a great way. And yeah, his, when he smiles at you, it's just like, for me, that's just the greatest. That bit is definitely making the podcast, by the way. Okay. We leave everything in. <laughs> okay. No edits. That's fine. Uh, are dad watts a real thing? Um... I don't, you know, I think for some people, um, they, they maybe, they maybe looked for motivation through their children. I always have had motivation. I've always had a reason that I wanted to do well. Um, so I, I, <laughs> I'm just more tired. Um, but, uh, but no, I don't know if dad wants her a thing yet. Come back to me on that. My watch are the same. Let's see how it goes at the end of the season. Right now, I feel like um, I would I would love to have him up on the podium with me a couple times this year. I think that would be really cool if I could do that. Um, but also, like, yeah, I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I waited a long time to to kind of tell the people who follow my career about having 
Finn because um, yes, who knows what happens, right? Like things happen when you're having a kid, and I didn't want to, yeah, have that up and down, and then have that like that kind of dramatic like, hey, something's happened here, and we're not having a kid now. So I waited for a while, and also um, around like nationals and stuff like that, I really wanted to focus on my race, and that would have been an appropriate time to probably tell people. But I wanted to focus on my race and not have all the story be about me having a kid. So those were reasons to kind of hold back, but now that it's all said and done we're moving forward and it's sweet and he's like seven weeks old and so all's good he's he sleeps a lot and really rhythm wise we're in a good yeah we're in a good cadence uh it's a good cycling yeah absolutely exactly yeah and and my wife emily is um she's been great she's got time off from work um and she's been taking care of him so we've got a plan moving forward to make sure that he's all set and when i'm out racing and yeah it's looking good good Good. Glad to hear it. Well, let's talk a little bit about actual cyclocross then. Uh, we are, well, it's currently, what, end of August, very, very end of August. By the time you listen to this, it'll probably be into the beginning of September. Uh, the cross season is really sort of about to begin. So first and foremost, I hate the how are you feeling question, but but what's your, what's your, uh, what's your mindset like heading into this cross season, particularly after last season where... Uh, you know, you had you had a, a serious rival in in Steven, Stephen Hyde. Um, what are your what's what's on your mind coming into this this season? What are the goals? What do you want to do? Yeah, I think they're all all good questions. Um, how do I feel? I feel good. Um, I feel really healthy again. Um, I think last year I felt like I got at some way somehow I just felt really unhealthy. I was having like a lot of when I, after I hit my ribs, it was like yeah, I had I had cobbled together some form that I was really happy with. I had won some races and then. Um, I don't know something I just started to feel like I wasn't able to get on top of my training or I was doing too much or I was just like just basically going all in on a lot of things without a lot of thinking before I was doing them I was just like I'm gonna train five hours today I have to do this and yeah and I'm like I'm not worried about my diet right now in this way but I'm going to worry about this at this time and so I just kind of got I think a little frazzled with the um, the need to be better immediately um, and as I come into this season, I feel way more uh, at peace with a lot of things. And this idea that I have to win every single race that I enter or else it's going to be a story is is kind of that monkey's gone uh, off my back. And um, yeah, I mean, I think Steven's the dominant rider. I still believe that I can compete with the front of the race. And I think I... I had not my best season last year, but I still you know, was on the podium a lot um, and got second <clears throat> often. So I don't ever look at what someone else is doing ever. I'm always trying to look at how I can get better. And the goal is always to line up to win. So as soon as that's not the case anymore, then I'm for sure like, yeah, I'm done racing because if I'm not lining up to win. So the answer to the question is I'm lining up to win. Um, and if things go haywire, then okay, that's fine. I will, I'll reassess. But right now, um, I feel good and yeah, I don't know if I'll be, I've said before I'm coming into the season slowly, um, but for sure with the child and the stuff that we did, things have been pushed back. Like my racing and intensity, um, because we had Finn, uh, my, our son in, in the middle of June, for sure. Like there was time where there were, I wasn't, um, I'm a little bit further behind in my training. So I would expect around the World Cups and in the bigger block of American cyclocross season that I will have um, better form than I probably do on this opening weekend in Rochester. Speaking of Steven, and and this the relationship between the two of you is intriguing to me. And I think that there are some parallels there uh, between maybe yourself and someone like Tim Johnson. 
I guess, first of all, would you agree with that, with that from the outside oh, assessment? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then what is that relationship like these days? Because it was very much sort of a mentorship thing for a long time. And then, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, the apprentice starts to equal the master. That has to feel a little bit weird, right? Definitely feels weird. I mean, that's, <clears throat> but I think that you can only really fully appreciate it when you go through the whole process. Um, for me, you know, with Tim, uh, I, I still have a lot of love and respect for Tim. He helped me immensely in my career and, um, and he taught me a lot and he was a good teacher. So like, but at some point the teaching ends and then you kind of have to go and flap your wings. And, um, that's the same for Steven. For me with Steven, uh, you know, I'm not the only person that was able to help him see things quicker um, and so I think that in general the community that he had around him um, he was able to take advantage of that because he had the talent and and really cut down on his learning process infinitely like he took a lot of time off learning stuff that he didn't need to do from things that really his coach Alec Donahue and I um, probably learned the harder way like oh that's not a good road to go down bag it up <laughs> bring it down this road nope that, that one doesn't work either how about this road okay these intervals work for cyclocross or this running style works or, or this nutrition or this, you know, formula for success is, is what we should do. So, um, you know, changing over from from being um, someone that I guess would ask me for advice to someone that, you know, I, I really we almost I wouldn't say we've broken up, but we don't have the same type of relationship that we once did. And and um, that's probably partially on me and it's probably partially on him. I think that. Um, when you're competing head to head it is really hard to just be bros and it's like I want to beat you you want to beat me and it's nice to be able to check that stuff at the door I feel like I could text Steven or call him right now we could totally bro down and have a great conversation but for some reason we're not and there's no question that there's static there somewhere hmm. that's really interesting do, when, when was that inflection point do you think when, when was the point where you know where that relationship yeah. changed I think that um, at some at some point in the last year, there would be moments where I'd feel like this would be something that I would say to the group, um, you know, in the group being like Western Massachusetts community, where all a lot of us were at the World Championships, you know, and I I won't I won't like single out one specific thing, but there would be like you know, more of, of like, if it was an email, like, hey guys, we should be doing this. There was there was definitely a, some moments where it was like, nah, dude, I don't need to be told that. Right. Uh, and so you're like, oh, okay, I, I see, I hear you. Um, I will, you know, I'll, I'll fall back on that. You've made that clear and I'm fine with that. And, uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't need to be that person. It's just the role that I had. And I felt that need. So, you know, that, that's the same for Ellen as well. I think that, you know, when Ellen and I started out, Ellen was a young rider that was coming from, um, from really no support to the jam fund, which had a good amount of support for them. And, um, and I think that I, with Alec, her coach and my good friend, Al Donahue, I think we like put together her program and stuff. And that role has changed too, as I've become, you know, less of a mentor and more of the team owner. I think that our relationship is, is still, we're, we're great friends, but, um, she really is, she's her own person. She does her own things. And so I have less of like a, Hey, remember to pack your shoes and start thinking about these weeks out. It's like, you know, you're, you're signing the team. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Right. Do you kind of enjoy that, that mentor role though? I mean, is that something that you miss and is that maybe, uh, something that you will enjoy now that Spencer Petros on this, on the team? I do. I like it. I mean, I, I, I would, 
I like helping people in general. Uh, so if there's someone that I think is asking for it, I, I think that that's what that's taught me um, is that I I don't need to give my opinion on everything unless I'm asked. And that is something that I think maybe I got ahead of myself but it's weird you think that you're like oh maybe I'm wrong in doing that but then you realize that actually a lot of people ask you for advice and so that's how you become that right like well always people are always asking me for advice so I'm giving it but maybe I need to check myself on that and um and and yeah and when I mean Spencer's a great rider too and he has a coach and he has friends and family um Spencer's living in the area and the idea he's living in western Massachusetts now he's in like the full swing of things everyone really enjoys having him around it's another strong rider that we can train with um but you know it's really easy for us to highlight areas that his he has his weaknesses and so just pointing those out is simply like a good mentorship role just having him in the community seeing what everyone else is doing and their work ethic and their dedication is really important for him and so you know me mentoring him is actually just really kind of putting him in the washing machine what is it about western mass that <laughs> that that makes it this like you know the the mini Belgium of, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. east coast of the United States I mean you know I, I, speaking as someone who grew up outside Boston uh, I would not have assumed that Western Mass would be producing so many cyclists or that yeah. or that cyclocross racers would go there yeah like would basically flock there what is it yeah about? I think I think it's I think it's a community that we really wanted to build um, I think there's always been cyclists there it's why I grew it's why I wanted to go there Adam Meyerson and um, a bunch of older pros lived there uh, when I was coming up and I knew that there was a cycling community there and I wanted to be around other cyclists so I was like all right I'm gonna I'm gonna make my way to Western Mass and I for the other reasons is that there's always been a cycling community. There's great riding. There's like 15 to 20 minute climbs. There's beautiful roads. Um, but there's also a lot of cyclocross in a very compact area. I mean, there's Gloucester, Providence, Connecticut. I mean, you can get to the Mid-Atlantic in six hours. You can get to Maine in six hours. Um, you can get to New York in three hours. I mean, there's like so many great cyclocross races. Um, and we live 30 to 40 minutes from an international airport in Hartford. Um, We've got excellent, um, like, massage and food, uh, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, all the things that cyclists like, coffee shops. It's just the culture there is right for cycling. So, yes, in January and February, it is not ideal, but there are a lot of places that are, and that's why cyclists go to Tucson or California to train. Um, but it's because of the cycle cross. Um, it's the access to the sport. It's the ability to go to Europe really easily from the East Coast, from where we live. Uh, and I think it's, I would like to hope, and I'm not the only person, but that for some of the things that we've built um, have helped develop the community and, and people have wanted to be a part of that. It's, it's not beyond me that like the day I left for this trip, which was just a week ago, um, I was out doing intervals the day before, and I saw five people on the hill that I you know, kind of did it all. I'm like, this is my like climb that I do all my intervals on. And there were five people there in the middle of the day on, on a, on a Wednesday doing intervals. And I thought this is very, uh, Boulder esque. Like this is blowing my mind that there are five people out here during like working hours, which is extremely Boulder esque. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, Don't you people have jobs? <laughs> uh, yeah. Which I, it was weird. I had mixed emotions. I was like really happy. And I was just like, Hey, this is my hill. What are you guys doing here? It was good though. It was good. Uh, let's move to this again, back to this coming season. Um, there is a new series put on by Brian Trebone and Scott Tedrow. The last sort of major series that we had was the U S grand Prix grand Prix of cyclocross. That was clearly exceptionally important to this sport. Um, I'm interested in 
and essentially your thoughts on on these these sorts of series within professional cross and what they do for the american scene like are you planning on attending all four of these and then how important are they to your calendar yeah um so yes uh, the whole team is going to attend the U.S. Cup. Um, they are important to the calendar. Um, they're most important because fans have something to look into and they can follow it very easily. Um, it's also much e- easier for the media to point to something and to put something on a pedestal as being a crown, a champion of something. Um, really, nothing has changed. Uh, we are still going for the biggest races and we're going head to head. But there is $10,000 on the line, which is, you know, not insignificant for a lot of people's, you know, for any of the riders out there, actually. It's not insignificant. And um, I think that the added coverage uh, will be will be welcomed. Um it's important. That's that's what it is. I mean, it is important, and I think that we've we've needed this for a long time. Uh, I'm grateful for the energy and effort that Ryan and Scott have put in, um, and I only hope that it adds to the momentum um, and is able to showcase kind of the awesome community that we have with cyclocross because it is it is really fun and outgoing. But I think like every 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 version of cycling discipline. Uh, it has its things. Let's go back to the USGP. Yes. Uh, I mean, is it safe to say that that really was 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 pivotal for, for the sort of bloom in cyclocross that we saw from like 2006 to 2012 or so? Is that, yes. Was that the, I mean, was, yes. The U, the USGP. Um, I think started out with very modest uh, expectations, but as the sport grew, its expectations grew and sometimes in cycling things are smoke and mirrors often and it's like we're doing this because we love it and because we want to do it and because it feels important to us and it's significant um and that's what cyclocross and really cycling in my experience has always been is passionate people coming together um and without necessarily the ego attached to it and that's not always the case but that has become um as the sport has become more expensive and sometimes in some ways more exclusive unfortunately the ego has come up more um with regards to like my race is better than yours and so on so during that time i felt like it wasn't it was never enough to just have a big c1 race then it was i need to have a um i need to have a c1 race with europeans and i'm going to pay them start money and then i'm going to have a world cup and then i'm going to have now we're going to have two world cups oh well you did the world cup we're going to do the world championships we're going to do this and no no like literally zero all of those people are friends to me that are doing those things but but i think that we all as a community have gotten a little ahead of ourselves with um with with where the sport is and we have to look back and think yeah the sport is in a great place like we have two world cups in the united states we have excellent racing here um we've got promoters that consider this to be if not their full-time job we have some that consider this their full-time job but take what they're doing very seriously and take a lot of pride in their work um that's better than a lot of the other countries yeah we aren't belgium and we haven't been and we aren't in road racing either um and we're never going to be belgium is its own thing france is its own thing the netherlands is its own thing so we have a lot of work to do and i always take that look at like yeah there may be a um a plateau i i do not think the races are down um but i do think that there is work to do um a lot of work to do in in some areas do you ascribe to the sort of top-down philosophy of cross i guess basically like if if we grow the pro side of the sport the rest of the sport will follow or are you more sort of 
tackle from the ground up? Which which way do you look at it? <laughs> um, I think both are important. Um, if you don't take care of so. I someday will like p- publish this post or write a book and and I always look at this and I might not get it all correct right now but essentially media sits in the middle of like this little this little wagon wheel that I have and then all around the wagon wheel is like organizers um, sponsorships uh, racers um, but in the middle is media and so if you don't have media then you don't have all of these other things, right? These other things don't exist without each other. Um, one can, can't go away without them existing. So you need all good people to be making this sport what it is. Um, I... Just making me feel good. Uh, <laughs> well... We're just the most important. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, right. And so that's, that, that is the thing. It's, like, it's just... I don't even know where I was. I, I don't even remember the original question now. I, I completely forgot. The, the question was, was top down or bottom up for oh, cyclocross? So, okay. So that's, this is important. And I, I think that not taking care of the pro side doesn't give any of the young side something to look up to and to aspire to get to. But I'm currently on the cyclocross um, like board or the commission for USA Cycling. Um, and pretty much every time I get on the phone, I just talk about the juniors and the development stuff that we need to be doing. Um, and I keep pushing for that. And I'm trying to... Um, you know, every community has something good that they're doing, whether it's um, like rad racing in the Northwest or, you know, the Lionhearts in Ohio or um, the Jam Fund where we are, um, the Boulder Junior Cycling, like whatever these, there's tons of them. They're all over the place. But really, it's um, passionate people doing something good in their communities. And that's what we're doing. That's what Boulder's doing. That's what Jim's doing out. And like, so, but that part is so important to keep the growth going. And the, if as long as we have and we're showcasing the professional side, then those riders have something to look up to. And without that, without the pro side and something to look up to, then there's not a viable way to the top. And honestly, that's a lot of what I identify, and that's what we have the Jam Fund and Aspire Racing for. Um, that's my own little way in my own community of trying to um, have a totem pole for these riders to see the top through. And um, yeah, very simply, they're both important. Let's talk about Jam Fund. Yes. A- and and uh, your Grand Fundo, which okay. I think is an awesome... Grand awesome Fundo. 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 F-U-N-D-O. And it is yeah. trademarked. Uh, we've had a couple of people try to run their own Fundo. I have a U in my notes here. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying it wrong. Okay, no, it's fine. It's important, though. It's important that it's a the Fundo. Grand. There's a D. Yes. So it's not it's very, Italian. It's very American. Yep. No, no Italian Grand. Yeah. Grand it's, fun it's I think it's fun, funny and fun. <laughs> I can't go on. All right. <laughs> Enough of that. Uh, let's start with the fundo. Yes. Uh, where, uh, we, we've talked before, we've talked to you before about sort of the origin story of this, but where does it kind of fit in within, um, within modern cycling events? Mm-hmm. I guess that's the more interesting question for me is, no, this, this is not a, it's not a cross race. You started an event that's not a cross race. I, th- I find that particularly interesting. <laughs> Why did you create this type of event that you created? Um, yes. The, uh, the, the, the Grand Fundo basically happens um, kind of at the very like, first point that people start even thinking about cyclocross, the end of July. That's when people are trying to get things together. The Yes. By design, it's an event that feels good and essentially 
people that are interested in what we do come and do the ride they pay for it and we work and run the event fully and so we take the profits from that and then we give grants to up-and-coming cyclocross riders and we also um, fund the development program which is probably more well known like oh you know Steven or Ellen um, rode for the development team jam fund you know they don't know that we give away 25 grants to kids in the area um, and that's what the fundo is about really it's our um it's was my favorite training route um and it was one that i really loved so uh it has dirt it has it climbs out for about an hour and then you kind of ride along what i'd like to say like a ridge so you kind of traverse along and then gradually like roll back down into town um and back down to the vineyard that our friend owns um glendale ridge he'd be probably happy to hear this um and um and then we have like a we have a big barbecue and we give away all of our grants and yeah we pride ourselves for that event on the food um, and on the experience of going out and riding some of our roads because I think a lot of people don't realize it's such a nice area to ride in. They think that the top, like up in Vermont, is obviously always nice. Um, but they maybe don't realize that, oh, an hour and a half from Boston or a couple hours from here to New York is so pretty. Um, and where we train, there are so few cars that we don't need to close the roads. Um, they're just no, they're like, you know, I do rides where we only see 10 cars. So, um, yeah, we run it on a Saturday and there's no one really to be found. And it's really, it's really pleasant. It's pretty tree covered dirt roads with the sun like peeking through. And yeah, we always, we try to do it right. Like we just try to keep it fun and have a lot of people. I think we have about 400 people each year come out. There has been a trend in the last couple of years just to sort of toward these Grand Fondo or gravel racing type events uh and there's also a theory out there that these things have started to sort of pull interest away from cyclocross so is that does that does that bother you at all or do you think that these things feed off each other or not at all i mean cyclocross is always going to be there gravel events now are always going to be there um i think that it's about people having fun. I always look at things through the other way. If I'm someone and what I want in an experience, uh, I'm always trying to reverse engineer the thing. Like, what would I want? Um, you know, I really want to have an ATV in the middle of the woods with like a bunch of people from Springfield that make these delicious, like, you know, like Korean rice bun thing. I want to just put them in the middle of the woods and have like the ATV drive everything out there. I haven't figured it out how I'm going to do that yet, but that's on the thing. Like, I'm going to do that before we're done. I have the idea. We're going to figure out how to do it, and we'll just see if they'll say yes. Anybody, any villainous listeners with an ATV, please get in touch. <laughs> or if you're really good at making tasty things, um, hit me up, because we'll put you on the ATV. We'll send you out there with a, with a Bunsen burner <laughs> and, uh, and, a, and a box of rice. No. Um, but but uh, but I like I'm all for the adventure and the thing that someone hasn't done and the idea that having fun is number one right. So what we do with the fundo, the way I would say like business wise, is we identify with the racing community because they they know the jam fun from that, um, and yeah, that's their ride to not race. It's not a race. No one has numbers. It's just we go hard. If if like the front group goes hard, but. There's like a KOM that people take, like Phil came out this year, Ted came out, they all went hard for a KOM, but you know, and Phil got it, because he's strong, <laughs> like darn it, <laughs> really got that one, Phil, <laughs> like, that's forever gone as far as I'm concerned. Um, but uh, but that's what it is. It's really all about like just kind of a, an experience that hopefully people are like, yeah, this is super fun and I love riding this and it's for a good cause. So like I said, by design, it's we give them something cool, 
in, in, in return, we get to do something cool that we have. It's just the three of us, Alec, uh, Makunda, and I. So that's Jam, Jeremy, Alec, and Makunda, my two good friends that we started this with. Originally, as a way to um, just keep hanging out when we knew our lives would get busy, unfortunately, um, now all <laughs> we're way too busy to hang out anyway. So anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there, but, um, but we try. It has kept us friends. I would say that for sure. Like the process of this whole thing has, has kept us like tight because um, we have to run an event together and do other stuff all year. Sometimes you got to do that kind of stuff when you're growing up, it's right. getting older. It's awesome. Start splitting off. I know. I know. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but I want to talk about Jeremy Powers, the businessman. Mm. You've done a whole lot of things, uh, everything from, you know, essentially documentary video, uh, you run your own team, you run your own development program. Uh, I mean, do you think of yourself as, as an entrepreneur as much as a, as a bike racer? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I think that one gets in the way of the other. Uh, but a lot of, a lot of like, especially old Belgies, you know, friends that are like very traditionalists would say, hey, Jeremy, you are always doing too much stuff, man. Hey, Lars, he's just sitting on his couch right now and getting massage and his mom is cooking him dinner. Eh? And you're like, yeah, okay, I get, I get that. I get that that's what he's doing. But that was never who I could be. Um, that wasn't my thing. That wasn't who I, that's not who I am now. That's not who I ever really wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to be a good rider that, um, I think there was a time when I wanted the admiration, um, maybe four years ago when I was running Behind the Barriers and we had Behind the Barriers TV. Um, I wanted people to tell me that I couldn't do something so I would do it. Um, but that, that is over, I'm older. Um, and I realized that you know, good is good. Um, having these things in place, the jam fun, Aspire Racing. Um, we actually are bringing back Behind the Barriers this year. Yeah, so that's very exciting for us. We're, yeah, so we're going to do um, probably not as frequently as we did then, but I, I think it was so uh, so important for Cyclocross to have that look. Um, and I don't mind that role um, of, of being someone that talks to people and is, yeah, being kind of that fly on the wall. That doesn't bother anyone in the team. And so to not do it feels almost like um, it's yeah, it's it's almost disrespectful uh, to to like to have that gift of being able to do something like that, but not do it. And thankfully to my partners, uh, all of our team sponsors, who basically I just on a whim was like, hey, if everyone throws in a little bit, I could make this happen. And um, you know, Sam Smith, who originally shot it, isn't coming back. Um, so I have someone different doing the videography and the editing, but it will still be similar in, in style. Um, and I'll be talking a lot. <laughs> you are kind of the elder statesman of uh, yeah. American cyclocross at this I point. I mean, a it, lot of actually, people say this now. Yeah. Well, it just occurred <laughs> I, to me. I was called the godfather the other <laughs> the day. Godfather. And I said, And I said, yeah, you know you could get a pair of cement shoes around here too. You beat me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's what I think of when I think of the Godfather. But <laughs> but it is. I mean, it's true. You know, like you've you've got you've got Ryan kind of moving on to this race director yeah. role. You've got Tim doing. I I I have no. I, I can't describe what Tim does. Tim is a brand ambassador extraordinaire guy. Yes. yes. Uh, you know, you you very much. You're, you're kind of yeah. You're the Godfather, the elder oh, statesman. Yeah. I mean. What, what, is this what you do with it? You, you, you go back and you and you recreate behind the barriers and and, uh, and speak to cyclocross as the as yeah. the godfather in chief. Oh, uh, 
It's a good question. I just don't have the answer, really. I'm just doing what makes me happy. Uh, that's the honest truth, and I'm not like trying to put any shine on that. I'm just, if I see it's there, and I think it would make me happy, and I think it would be good for other people, and it's like fun to do and good for our sponsors, then I'm in. Um, I'm not. I, I think you can get caught up in so much type A, like, oh, my oatmeal has to be cooked this way, and I have to go to sleep at this time, and this person wants this, and this person expects that. Um, so really, like, I've gotten much back, much more back to where, what the things that I'm, like, happy with, and I realize that my time as a racer is coming closer to an end, um, although I don't really know when, because I, I just don't know. Like, I, it's the truth. It's like, a lot of people ask, like, when are you done? I just don't know. And, um, and then the godfather thing is like, yeah, I realize that I've been in the game for a minute, um, um, I've done some businesses. I've played with that. I know my, I think I have, um, to take a, a word out of Gary Vaynerchuk's book, is like I have a lot of self-awareness about myself and what I'm okay with and what I'm not okay with and what I do well with and what I don't. Uh, and that's been real valuable to me in the last few years because there's certain things that I really wanted to be um, that I'm not. And figuring that stuff out while I was still able to race and have a career, like that was really special for me. And I think it was me growing up you know if you look at the first episode behind the barriers to now um there is a complete like i think a really different person although same but different have you changed oh i just think i have a lot i I know where to use my energy um before i think i was just like i was like a like a pack of m80s you know what i mean just like uh which yeah i i think that now uh as i've gotten older i realize that that energy is needs to go into my run right or needs to go into my stretching or into my core work or into my four-hour ride or my intervals and um i choose wisely how i burn those matches well jeremy powers as we head into the upcoming cross season best of luck to you thank and you. thank you for joining us on the wellness podcast awesome thank you for having me and thank you for listening